Alrighty, it is it is Monday, uh, Easter long weekend. I left this a little bit to the last minute, trying to be a bit more chill about the whole thing. I just loved listening back to this episode. This is a conversation with Maggie Ball, absolutely prolific presence in the Australian poetry landscape. Maggie is a poet, and by my count, this is probably wrong, Maggie, but by my count, you've just put out your um, 12th full-length collection. It's called Bobbish. It's been published by Puncher and Watman, and it was just launched. I did have the intention of getting this out before the book launch happened, but that didn't happen. I hope it was really, really magical. As well as being a poet, Maggie is one of those people who contributes a huge amount through her work as a reviewer. She reviews all the time for her website, The Compulsive Reader. She also edits that. She has a podcast attached to it. She's just appeared at the Newcastle Writers Festival as well. That's where Maggie's based. That's just the start. That's that's only scratching the surface of the work that Maggie does She also works full-time in a real job, (laughs) in a paid job, not a real job, a paid job. Uh, And she was down here in Melbourne after a three-day, sounded like a really hectic conference. And she fit me in after that. She came straight from the conference. I met her at her hotel and we had this conversation. And like I said, I just loved listening back to it. I have this series kind of forming, um... I've just got a bunch of conversations coming up with basically friends of the show and I'm having a lot of fun doing that. We start by talking about how we actually got to know each other. So Maggie was also um, a student in the Modern Contemporary American Poetry course that I did back in 2012. And so we met through that. We, I just remembered we were in a Michael Farrell reading group for some amount of time, I think back in 2018, reading I Love Poetry together. So we talk about, you know, Modpo, what just what poetry does for us in general to start with. The point of the conversation was to talk about competitions, poetry competitions. I got an email a couple of days ago from Maggie's publisher, Puncher and Watman. Uh, it, was, it was a lovely email to get because essentially it was just saying, hey, these are some competitions that are coming up soon. And I thought, oh, that's good. Yeah, good to know about these things because I don't keep track of it at all. So I followed the links and I was looking at what these competitions were and just this sinking feeling came over me. I was just like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. (laughs) I can't do this. It's just not, I don't know, something about it. It just, part of it is I just don't write prize winners. Like, I'm just not that kind of poet. So, yeah, we get into all that, the work of submitting the whole process of being part of poetry competitions and, you know, their function, which is not entirely bad. But, yeah, like I say, I'm I'm pretty skeptical about it. So, yeah, this is just two, two working poets chatting over some tea. I really hope you enjoy it. I will be back at the end. Thank you again, Maggie, for fitting me in. It was it was a real joy to see you again. 
when you cross paths with someone else who's done modpo it's like you don't really have to do too much um small talk no no it's a, it's a, it's already a connection that's right it? so it's already just like well that's that but then you know of course there's also poetry says so even though i haven't seen you since i don't know it was like three years ago it was so ridiculous. Back. but i haven't seen you since then but you know you've been in my ears Oh, like, it, like, I don't know how often you do a podcast, but I've listened to every one. So. Seriously? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. It's, Thank well, you. I'm a subscriber, so it's just, it just come, you know, I don't go to any great effort. I'm just in my car, and it's one of the ones that comes up. Wow. And I always give it priority because I always enjoy it. Oh, thank you. And I wouldn't be listening to Slee Ricketts if you hadn't recommended it. So, Well, I do try. I do enjoy that show very much. Um, yeah. Because we have a couple of things in mind to talk about. One being competitions, and then given that you are here in Melbourne on a conference, and you're giving me very precious one night off between that and going into your workplace tomorrow, maybe we can stray a little bit into the world of work. But maybe not. Maybe we don't even need to go there. Um, but yeah, yeah, the mod modpo connection is huge as well. Mm. And I haven't even done Modpo for like three or four years. Wow. Um, I haven't actually like delved in. I can pick, you know, sometimes I pick, but then I get busy and I'm like, oh, I missed it now. I never did it again. I okay. only ever did it that one time. I did it like six times. What? Yeah. And then, and then I kind of petered out That's and I thought, amazing, yeah, I'm not going to do it anymore. And, um, and, you know, at various levels of intensity. But I always did the essays. I like the essays. You're incredible. But then I haven't done it since, and that's been, you know, maybe, I don't know, has it been maybe four rounds that I haven't done? What's the poem? What's your, like, Modpo poem? My Modpo poem? The, the one, yeah. like, just the one that you think of when you think of that course. You know, I have to say it's Gertrude Stein. Yeah, probably for me too. I, and I know that Gertrude Stein is a person and not a poem. But <laughs> <laughs> True. Tender buttons. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, it's, it's something about the conversion that happened with Gertrude that typifies, yeah, yeah. typifies what Mott Poe did to me and my way of reading yeah. and how it changed me. Because she was, to my mind, she was the hardest of all the poets that we tackled. And from memory, she comes pretty quick. Like, she's pretty early on. Yeah, she's relatively early on. I guess Al's trying to sort you. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Can you handle this? Okay, you can stay. That's the binary. Gertrude or non-Gertrude. Yeah, Gertrude, non-Gertrude. Yeah. Um, and I never stop getting something from... And I never really like it. And I never stop getting something from it. Like, always, whenever I read Gertrude Stein, it's mm. not the kind of poetry reading that pulls me in and guts me the way some poetry readings, and we can get to that too, you know, yeah. what, what does a poem do? But that, that's not what reading Gertrude Stein does, but I never fail to get some kind of electrical charge from reading that work mm. in terms of what words can do. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's, it's mm. hard to communicate it though, and I think that's why it's a, you know, amazing to have a teacher like that mm. and a who can bring a community can. around it. He yeah. can communicate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely can. Do you remember the poem Green Light by Kenneth Fearing, by any chance? But it's ringing a bell, but yeah. it's not, I it's can't. It's very, like, it, do they, he just skims past it at one point in mm. the course, but, like, I've never, I've never, I couldn't quote it to you, and yet I've never, it's never really left me, that poem. I'm going to okay. have to find it, and I'll try to read it in the intro. Yeah. Um, 
And the one who's yeah. flummoxed me the most? Oh, <laughs> you yeah. didn't ask me that, but yeah. I'll tell you. Always John Ashbery. Right. And I mean, I love Some Trees, of course. That's totally accessible. And he has other poems that I've always loved. Mm -hmm. You know, um, New Year's Eve, I think. Anyway, there are poems that he's, that of his that I absolutely adore. But whenever I try and do the kind of you know, slow po Ashbury course, I always give up on the second. I'm like, this time I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to really get into Ashbury. And it, it's just maybe because they're long. They are long and, mm. and dense. Maybe, like, speaking of Slee Ricketts, we did have a conversation about Ashbury once, like quite a few months back now. And, um, and I can't remember if it was in this conversation or in the kind of, like, ancillary email chat, but one of the things that sort of came up was this thing that, like, Ashbury doesn't really um, demand or respond to or need close reading. Like he's kind of just there to be um, eaten like a box of chocolate or something like that. <laughs> That's like the worst possible way I could put it. Like I, I, I think I heard that episode. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, there's, he almost stands aloof. Yeah. And he's and like, I, take what you want. If take you want what anything, you but, Take what you like, leave the rest. It's... It's, um, and I think that is very, uh, like for some people that's like anathema, you know, like the poet doesn't care. Mm. The poet wasn't even really that invested in the poem to begin with. And yet he's, you know, he's a giant, right? He's yeah. daunting. He's... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I think, I think it's. Ashbury's not somebody that I like. In fact, I don't actually own any Ashbury. I don't have <laughs> any of his collections. I've just got like books that have him in it. And yeah, he's never somebody that I like. And yet I could pull out two lines and weep over them. You know, mm. I, can, I can find things in his poems. It's yeah. just, it's just so damn long. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, you know, I, I, it's odd. I mean, I know people do love long poetry and, and you know, there have been poems, long poems that I love, but mm. somehow, they lose me at some point. I think I think we're similar. I I see in you a very kindred spirit in someone who's just like exceptionally just like, let's get it done. Like, yeah, that's you know, right. like, you're a very busy person. You're doing a lot of different things, and you know you're con you're grinding. You know you're constantly just like ticking boxes. Yeah, and, but yeah. I don't. You know I also like that poetry. You know I. I my poetry doesn't have to be easy either. You know, I I, no, no, no. I like taking time. I mean, that's why I review, right? Because I, I do feel it's really important, mm. particularly if you're working with a you know a, a more complex poetry book. Mm. Mm. It doesn't have to be quick and easy. You know, I don't intend. I don't necessarily need to be in a fictive dream when I'm reading a poem. You know, <laughs> it, it can be slow, and yeah. it can it can take me time, mm. and and I'm good with that. You know, that's that's part of the deal part of the joy in some poetry so it's not it's not that it's just I, I do maybe I do need to hold the whole po whole hold the whole poem mm. in my reading and and get to the end and begin to play with it and I just feel it's very hard with a really super long poem yeah especially a, a difficult super long like an easy super long poem is different but a really complex difficult super long poem that I can't quite kind of it won't resolve for me. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's where reading with somebody 
Yes, of is, course, yes. Is, is right. one way in or... Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, some that, kind that of collective guide. reading, which is amazing. And that yeah. is another thing that Mont Poe has done, is, mm. you know, to, to offer that as a way. Yeah. We should have picked something to look at. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah. I do think it would be a good idea to ask you about reviewing because it's it's come up and it it will have come up again by the time this conversation comes out. Um, what, how would you describe your reviewing practice? So like, like everything, um, I tend to work by a kind of gut sense of balance. So I, I've, there has to be a certain amount of poetry, there has to be, you know, which I'm writing, there has to be a certain amount of engaging with other people's work. Um, there's the paid work, you know, as opposed to the non-paid work. Mm. And, you know, the, it's just about balance. So I, I'd say, you know, I like to review about two books a month. God, that's a lot. You think? I don't know. I mean, doesn't <laughs> it seem like a lot to you? Not necessarily, because it's a certain way of, it's a certain type of work. Okay. Which okay. is quite different from other types of work. Right, right. And so that's a, that's kind of what feels comfortable for me from a balance point of view. That kind of, again, mm. engaging in somebody else's work, a deep reading, um, a kind of, you know, allowing myself to just, you know, be somewhere in some other realm and somebody, again, a, a really deep engagement. Mm. Mm. So that's kind of the amount of time. And I'll usually, I mean, you know, I have a big stack yeah. <laughs> and I've made a lot of promises. <laughs> <laughs> And then something else comes along, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll do that." Yeah, right. So it, 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 you know, my eyes are always bigger than my stomach when it comes to reading. But, oh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I can generally manage to a month. But that, then I'll say, you know, I got asked by Cordite if I wanted to take on. Um, they pay really well. Um, have you re reviewed for Cordite? No, well, I for them? no. Oh well, they they've yeah. got you know Anupama is their wonderful new reviews editor. Yes, Anupama Philbrow, yes. amazing poet. Yeah, so yeah. she contacted me and said, well, you know, we'll do this. And she offered me two great books, you know, really great pay rate. It's three weeks is what you get. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I can't do that right now, but please keep me on the book. And I was like, I'd love to do that. But, you know, yeah. the nice thing about Compulsive Reader is I can just, I just do what I can. There's no timeline. I, yeah. can, I can take my time on things. It's really, yeah. But the work ethic, though, Becky, like, come on. <laughs> I'm, a New York, I'm a New Yorker, Alice. <laughs> it's deep in the bones. It's deep in the bones. Yeah. I try. I actually do try, and I'm, I'm, my New Year's resolutions are like do a little less. <laughs> Same, always. Just ease off on yourself, girl. It's you my know. like weekly resolution. I know. Do a that's little right. Less. Yeah. And people who listen to the show will occasionally, like, if I see them in in um in real life, quote unquote, they'll be like, "Alice, you do a lot." And I'm like, "Oh no!" Like, because to in my mind, I'm like, "What am I doing?" I'm like. Walking between rooms aimlessly. <laughs> right, yeah. like, That's right. Patting the cat, checking my email again. <laughs> like, I'm not doing very much. Yeah. I don't know. It's a strange thing. Um, because this isn't a review, and because if you're reading that much, I'm wondering if there's something you've come across recently that you just want to say straight up like, this is an amazing book that everybody should go out and get. Like, a shout out of some kind. Mm. Let me think for a second. And you can email me later and be like, that was wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, okay, I can say this. Um, so I, Willow Drummond and I are launching each other's books. Cool. And her book is, and each other's poetry books. And her book is Moonrass. And I've only just started reading it because I've got an advanced PDF. It's not out yet. Oh. And it's 
it's stunning. It's just stunning. So right. I can say that it's really drawing me in. It's uh, it, it's an incredible book about like I, you know, I've been I've workshopped a few of them with her. Nice. So I know I knew it was going to be good, but I'm really drawn into it. So I'll say that it's not out yet, but it's it's a good one. I don't know Willow at all. Yeah. Um, who's putting it out? Uh, it's it's Puncher and Watman. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great. As, as is mine, so it's a kind of double Puncher and Watman book launch. Oh, lovely. Thing. Yeah. So that'll be nice. And she, to be honest, Willow, I think she's getting Sydney launch next week. I should be a better, better supporter. I should know the date. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, you should. I should. Yes. <laughs> no. Sydney date. launch. I think Sydney launch are by Felicity. Plunkett. Felicity Plunkett. Right. With whom you had a magnificent episode, one of my favorites. Ah, uh, so I was absolutely freaking terrified. Oh, she was so good. She was so nice to and me. And she's launching I was that. Sweating. And Stuart Barnes's Like to the Lock, which I actually have in my handbag. Oh, cool. Now to read on the way back as well, along with Willow's. So oh, um, that's a double launch. It's going to be amazing. And Felicity, um, I think she edited both books. Right. So, you know, you know it's going to be good if Felicity edited it. And let me just say also about that episode, which again was my favorite of your episodes. I loved what Felicity said. I've, I've read a few things online about people going, you know, book reviews, uh, got to be objective, you got to not know the person, you know, um, everybody reviews each other's books, it's not ethical, whatever. Right. I, I totally disagree with that. I feel like the whole point, and Felicity said this, mm. that the whole point of a book review is that deep, deep engagement. Mm. It's not so much an assessment, I, and I used to say it was, but it's not so much an assessment, is this good or is this bad? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're not an arbiter of that. Every reading is subjective. You've got tastes. I've got very particular tastes. Um, I generally will only review books I like anyway, for the most part. But it's a, it's a gift in that you get, you have this deep, deep engagement with a, you know another person's words. Mm -hmm. It's a gift for them, it's a gift for you to really do that engagement, to take the time to get to that level. And we're so busy, you know, we're so ticking boxes, everything's so superficial to get that engagement in words is, is amazing. So that's, to my mind, what draws me to book reviewing. And it doesn't bother me if I know the person. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to say we can't know the person, although, you know, you just mentioned somebody who I've, I've never even heard yeah, yeah, yeah. but that doesn't mean anything. Um, it's... Yeah, we're going to limit things pretty dramatically. Well, the poetry community is not very big it's anyway, so we all know each other, right? Yeah. And we've got to support each other. I mean, it's yeah. I think it's important. So go back to that about that jealous thing that you mentioned earlier. And I, I just, aside from a few tiny little pockets of nastiness that are notable and famous, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't whatever seen Whatever could it. you be referring to? Oh, you know, yeah, poetry wars, whatever, you know, there have been some funny things and I, and I wasn't in Australia at the time so now I can be very objective about those things and look at them and think how hysterical are those um, but I to my mind it's an incredibly supportive community and that's mostly what I've seen okay well well let, let me play the devil's advocate yes, then. Feel free. so so what if what if then just reviews are are lack any critical engagement and then they become like a promotional thing like, I love this book. You should love it too. If you can write a, a very well written, you know, thousand word um, piece of writing, which is in itself a critical piece of writing with substantiation, 
about a piece of work, then it is not a promotional blurb. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure I agree with you. I'm it, just, I'm yeah. just like turning. I mean, that sure. One you know, the, I have read things that are promotional blurbs. They're not very well written, or they they copy. Mm. You know, or or you know, back blurb. But even some of those back blurbs, they're pretty deep engagements. So. Mm. Mm. All right. So we're kind of circling this thing of like objectivity. Everybody knows each other, and poetry is subjective to some degree, at least. Um, we came here to talk about competitions. True. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, <laughs> so I stopped entering poetry competitions after about a year of writing because I felt um, like I should have won them all and I didn't and I was annoyed. So and then I thought, wait a minute, you're taking my money and I'm not getting any prizes and I don't like this. And I took my bat and my ball and I went home. But you do enter competitions regularly? I don't know about regularly. You know, I, I don't write enough to, <laughs> right. to enter them regularly as such. But mm -hmm. I will, I guess I tend to use them as prompts sometimes. So I'll just go, okay, what am I going to do this week? You know, um, I got to write something, you know. Um, and I might write one poem a week, really. Um, that's about all I can manage usually, unless I'm... Unless I'm stealing time from other things. Maybe I shouldn't say on air that I do that. But <laughs> um, you <laughs> well, know, if, I'm, if I'm deep in something. I am always working on something else while I am being paid for my real job. Okay, like, yeah, let's okay, just okay. get that clear. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Pretty much. If so there there yeah. have been moments where I have really gotten into, you know, flow state or whatever. It doesn't mm. happen very often mm. where I've just gone... You know, bugger it. I won't write any reviews. I won't do anything else. I just want to work on this piece. Um, but for the most part, I would write maybe one poem a week. So that's about all I can manage. And and if I don't, I get antsy and you know unpleasant, at least in, internally, if not externally, possibly externally too. I feel my balance is out. But if I'm if I'm going to write that one poem, I usually will write it for a purpose. Now, if I'm working on a book, then, you know, there is a collective purpose for that. I'm, I've got a kind of theme I'm working towards. But even then, often I'll just to have that kind of deadline and a competition, I find it's kind of a useful, a useful way of getting that poem out. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've used them in that way before yeah. Yeah. as so, well. So the win or lose is, you know, it's almost, it's almost not important because mm. I've, I've got the poem in. Yeah, you've got the poem in the end. That, that is a really good way of looking at it. Um, but that said, yeah. there have been a few, not many, and most of the time I go into a competition with the feeling that I'm not going to win anyway, so, you know, I'm doing it for the prompt. Mm. But there have been a couple that I really thought, and I can, I can kind of get into your mind, right? Like, I thought I was in with a chance. I workshopped the poem, yeah, I had great feedback. Um, and, you know, there was one <laughs> in particular with a very long list of, you know, it was a long, long, long list in which it was revealed on a weekly basis and it was torture. And, um, and the poem was actually with Montreal. Uh -huh. and, the, and they have a long list. And the poem was actually set in Montreal. Oh. And I just felt that, and it, again, I workshopped it and I had such great feedback and it was like, it just felt like. That, this was the one. This was the one. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. there was everything about it seemed to fit well. And, you know, I didn't get in that massive long list. It was the only time I really heard a little bit. 
But then I thought, you know, I let it go. It didn't last long. It was just like a tiny frisson of irritation, especially with the way they released that long list, you know, because it, it was like yeah, they release it over like a bullshit. long period of time, you know, what? week after week after, or day after Why? week. It was like, it may, maybe to extend the, I think if you were going to be on that list, you might have been notified in advance. So I, I did decide this year at least to like let go of it. Okay. Did you enter? Yeah, I'd entered. Okay. I'd entered. But, but you I, didn't check it. I knew when they were about to release it. At that mm. point, I hadn't been notified. So I thought, oh, I'm not going to get on that long list. So mm. just let it go. Like, don't ch don't have that, like, just that little moment each day when they release another name over a period of two weeks or whatever it was. Yeah, this is horrendous. I, know, I hate like, this Montreal. I know, I know, right? And it's not super cheap either. It's not, not a How cheap price. How much is it to get in? Oh, this, this could be wrong. But I'm just like, from memory, it was about 28, something like that. Okay. That's, well, and what's the prize? Uh, again, I'm not sure off the top of my head, okay, but you know, right. it's, it's substantial. You know, it might be, you know, 15,000 or something. Maybe I'm wrong. I might good. be wrong. I'm not good at remembering numbers. That's, that's okay. It's neither a, am I. <laughs> it's a substantial prize. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, I did see a lot of names I know getting on the short list or the long, long, long short list thing. But it's fine, you know, Alice, yeah. I, I can't hold on to that kind of stuff. So I, I let it go very quickly. And then I started to feel kind of joy for the people that I did know that made it. So that's mm. fine. And I, I, maybe that was the only time this year that I felt bad. And I even won some things. Like I won like Queensland Express's one. Oh, and, really? Yeah, so there have been a few. Well done. Yeah, thank yeah. you. But, you know, you still, even then, you just kind of, you win and then you're like, okay. Yeah. You know. See, I'm not. I'm not like that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changes. It's not like you know. Well, the, no, that's that's true too. So I suppose that's kind of the other the other angle on it as well. Is like, to me, winning prizes seems essentially good for that bio or yeah, that it thing is good in the for back, the in the back yeah. of the book. But yeah. that's really what it is for. Well, it's also a little bit of like, it's a little bit of connection. That's the good part. Like people, people might see your poem or read it because it's okay. been put up somewhere publicly. And then in some odd way, like any event that you go to or anything, you kind of, your network increases, your sense of knowing people or being connected to other people in the community, like that community gets slightly bigger as a result. Um, but the, you I mean, know, look, it's a hard it's a hard way to do that. Yeah, I was going to say like that yeah. is one way to do that. Yeah. But what I was thinking as I was walking here is like if I were to go back to me in 2007, sitting in my converted garage, <laughs> I was living and sending out my poems. You know, what I would say to myself then is like, this is this is you doing it on hard mode. Like you're gonna progress more quickly and this is like more probably advice for like very very beginning poets yes. but like you're going to progress more quickly have a more a better time and understand more about poetry if you just go find other poets for now like just go look yeah for your community whatever yeah. that is that's absolutely fair and but and now the, things are open so you know go yeah, go and God. read yeah yeah but but that's i think that's the the mistake that and i don't know maybe i'm just like transposing my own experience onto everybody else's here but I wonder about the whole like poetry competition industrial complex, you know, like it, 
like friends of mine who don't have anything to do with poetry will like send me links being like, oh, this is poetry competition on us. <laughs> and I'll be like, thank you. <laughs> like yeah. it's the most obvious thing to do when you have one to five poems is like, I'm going to put it in a competition. Well, you can send to a journal too, but do you, do yeah. you do that? Do I do that? Yeah, do you say you send to journals, don't you? Uh, <laughs> oh, you don't. Yeah. I mean, I should. I just haven't for a long time. Yeah, I feel enough. I'm in a very weird spot with my writing where I'm like, I don't really know which way's up. So yeah, fair enough. I, I, I always, very much want to. I just don't have anything that's ready. Okay. Yeah. I always send. Yeah. And that, but to be honest, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like I, I, I do it for the exact same reason we've been talking about because I feel like then it's done. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was super addicted to that and yeah. was sending stuff out that wasn't ready. But um, now I possibly have the opposite problem. Do you have like a full-on system for all this where you track dates and... Not really. I mean, okay. I do have a spreadsheet. That sounds like a system. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> but it's not, there's no system behind it. You right, know, right. like I, I guess I like, again... It's a sense of balance. So I'd like to make sure that I'm sending enough. Like I feel like it's important to, at the end of the year, to look back and go, okay, you know, I don't care what, I do really, but let's say I don't really care from an objective, so like a, you know, my send things out point of view, whether I get accepted or not. But if I'm not sending out, you know, a certain number of poems, then I'm probably not doing enough creative work. That it's, yeah. the balance is off in my life kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like I should have by the end of the year, you know, at least 30 submissions, something like that. You know, it's not, that's not a hard and fast number and I don't have a system. Mm. And I know that there are people who have like proper systems. Like I know that there are people, I won't name any names, but I know that there are people who have a process by which they write a lot of poetry and they submit a lot of poems to a lot of competitions and journals continuously. Like there's a continual output. Well, I don't have the luxury of doing that yeah. anyway. And I can't imagine ever being comfortable. Like even if I had no job, <laughs> I can't imagine that I would be, like I need, I just can't imagine I'd do it. I'd do no, it. I could that do that. sounds like a factory, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Production line? Production line. That yeah. sounds like a production line. Um, I'm just not that prolific. I'll never yeah, be that prolific. Yeah. You know what I'm actually remembering that I feel I should confess now? Because I'm sort of doing all this ducking and weaving, being like, oh, I don't have anything to send down, and blah, blah, blah. But like, what actually happened was I had a poem that I was really super confident in, and I sent it to this journal that I really, really badly wanted to get into. And then I got this very personal, not personal bad, personal lovely rejection, and I felt like someone had seen me naked oh wow. i was like oh my god that poem was so shit i can't believe i sent it to that person <laughs> oh my god <laughs> just okay go and that was like a year ago and i haven't done anything since okay i'm just realizing this now this is like a therapy how session, much do you charge is this, <laughs> some, is this some medicare <laughs> two hours and how do you feel how did you feel about that i'm <laughs> sad <laughs> a fucking idiot is how yeah, I felt yeah, I felt yeah. stupid I was like how could you be such a terrible judge of your own work you know um you should relook at it though maybe it's not so bad the thing is it's not 
so bad, but it was bad when I sent it and I can see that now. It is still not finished mm. and I just, it's just one of those ones that I just know I've, it's got to sit quietly by itself in a corner for three to nine months. Yeah. It's funny that though. Yeah. I, you know, I sent, I sent something to the Newcastle Writers Festival and I don't, so, Newcastle Poetry Prize, sorry. Um, and I don't, I don't normally write long poems. It's just once a year because <laughs> I'm Newcastle based. I feel like I have to submit something. I'm a member of Hunter Writer Center. And, um, and I thought it was great when I sent it out. Right, I'm like, right. this is the best thing I've ever written. And then I reread it, you know, afterwards. And I thought, God, that was really not good work. It was really maybe? sloppy, but, yeah. but I rewrote it. And, and I think I turned it into a pretty, you know, decent poem, which I ended up using in my book. Mm. Um, so it was good raw material. It was just, you know, it was sloppy. It needed, it needed some more work. Do you think it's a good, like, if you have that feeling, like, this is great, is that a good reason to be suspicious? No, you know what, I, I also think that, you know, maybe that feeling means there's a kernel there. Yeah, that's something. And because um, and yeah. oftentimes what will happen is almost I'm not one of I, I know that there are people. OK, I know this, that there are people who have submitted to the Newcastle Poetry Prize the same poem year on year on year and even one like on the fifth year. Or something right, right wow like that is a real story that's a true story and it's not just happened with one person one time wow. I've heard that story more than once no oh. changes to the poem okay. year on year okay that's the story okay not me and I will a hundred percent submit something and if it gets rejected every single time I'll rewrite it oh yeah you know every single time and maybe not a huge amount mm. sometimes completely Mm. But it just, I will always revisit it if it doesn't get accepted. And that's, to my mind, that's a good, like, that's a good way. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's all, that's the only way I can work. Um, that's a good way for me to revise things and yeah. get them to a better place. So that rejection's actually ended up being a positive thing because ultimately I've got to something I'm comfortable with. Mm. And I guess you just have to kind of be okay with that rejection and accept, accept that, the goal is not to get a number of acceptances. The goal is to get as many rejections as you need to. Mm. Yeah. But I don't have a system and I don't send <laughs> out a lot. So, you know, that 30 in a year would be kind of my average, which is not a huge output. No, 30, 30 a year is like huge. That seems huge to me. No, I don't think it's a big output. You know, I know What's... people who would be like, you know, 15, 20 a week. What? That's a big output. Poems? Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I look at that so and I think, what? Emails. what? And then, and to get back to, and we were talking about this before we started, but to get back to that whole, um, that whole um, competition thing, is that I do know that there are people who will submit, you know, five, ten poems to every big competition. Yeah, this blows my mind. You yeah. were just saying this off mic before, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. send more than one poem. You pay the entry fee yeah. five times. Yeah, like the entry fee for the Newcastle is 33 bucks. I think it might even be 35 now. But anyway, it's, you know, it's say mid 30s. Mm -hmm. That's not cheap. So that, that's, that's a little bit of a barrier, I think, as well, because, you know, you've got to be able to afford that. A, B, you've got to be really confident that your investment in your own work is going to pay. Yeah. I mean, if, it's a, if you send off one and I figure, you know, I can, you know, I can certainly manage about $150 in poetry fees for the year. 
Yes, right, that seems know. sort that's, of that's, fair. That's fine. That's lost yeah. money. You know, that's just money I'm, I'm comfortable throwing away. Yeah. Um, and that, even that's a privilege, you know, to say, okay, well, I can, you know, that's 150. I'm not, that's not an investment. You know, that's just my play money. That's so that I can have the prompts. That's how I view it. Um, but to actually invest in your own work to the extent of saying, you know, I'll send out this many poems and those of those poems, you know, I feel like my voice will be heard enough times and um, I'll get in that shortlist. And you, you can see because a lot of those poets will have three or four poems in the shortlist. But doesn't that, like, if I did that, I would feel like I was cheating. I would feel like I'm just flooding the, the like, I don't know. Like, Product dumping. <laughs> Do you think it's a cheat? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not saying it is a cheat. I mean, it's perfectly acceptable by the rules. Yeah. It, no, it is acceptable by the rules. Each it's poem not, is it's assessed. It's not actually cheating. It's just, I don't know. Because I think I still have this totally naive belief, right, which is nuts because I know that this is not the case, where it is like you send off your shining poem into the competition and yes, there might be a thousand other people in there, but you will be noticed because you are a fucking genius and they will see it and they will love you and then they will give you the prize because your poem really is the best. And it's just not like that. It's mercenary. It's subjective. It's like there's probably other stuff at play in terms of... Yeah, what's I mean, popular that year. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. You know, what if they have... A larger number of poems about you know in a particular style or a particular topic and then suddenly there's one that's completely different well maybe that different one is the one that stands out or maybe it's the best of the ones that are all the same because that seems to be the zeitgeist I don't know yeah exactly so who knows what those dynamics are you know oh is this like the judges or Mm. is it different from the judges or you know you can't pick that I Mm. think you you write for a different reason I also just don't think I write prize-winning poems like I think this is a type of poem that wins a prize that wins prizes do you know what I mean yeah yeah I do like I do I wish I could like the poems with the birds in them <laughs> <laughs> the poems with the birds often there are birds I, I often have birds in my poems so I'm you know I'm not being superior here I think it is Jill Jones who has the thing about like what's wrong with a bird in a poem like Get over it. There's birds everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm only, I'm only joking. It's, uh, I don't know that you can say that, though, because, again, yeah. these things are so, you know, it's so hard to pick. And there are, you know, the best competitions have different judges all the time. Yes, yes, for sure. But, but yes, I do feel like you do there see is a lot of the same. And I'm type of yeah. poem. And even moving beyond poems, okay, we're talking about competitions. One thing I have noticed. And I often like the winners, but I've noticed that the same books seem to win prizes. One prize, another prize, and another prize, right? And you just think, and they're good books, they're good books, you know, but you just think of all the books that are coming out every year, the mass deluge of books, right? Why is the same book winning six different prizes that mm. year? Was it like the Oscars? Is it like the campaign, the marketing machine? I think it? it must be. It must be. Yeah, you know, yeah. what gets submitted? What, what do the publishers decide is going to be their darling this year Mm. that's going to be sent to all the prizes but that doesn't hold for poetry competitions though that's true because often it's the author that's sending yeah yeah yeah. 
Yes, I don't know. I'm very skeptical of this side of the poetry world, the competition, mm. the pay your, pay your entry fee and then wait, and then there's a, a winner and, and maybe a couple of runners up. I don't know. There's something about it that seems vaguely anti-poetry to me. But that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Almost yeah. what you mean when you say anti-poetry, almost like poetry is punk. Right. Maybe. Is that what you mean? Like, you know, yeah. it's mainstreamy. It's like ranking. It's ranking oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Um, and it's, yeah, ranking the results of this, like, very... We've used the word subjective a lot. I don't think it's just that it's that. It's, it's like... hierarchical. Yeah, it's, it's building a hierarchy where... There shouldn't be one. Yeah, ideally, ideally not. I, I hear you, yeah. and I think there's validity to what you're saying. But now I feel like what I'm saying is like, there's no such thing as a good or a bad poem, which I don't, also don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, it's always who's judging. Yeah. <laughs> Who gets to decide what's good and what's bad poetry. And that may be, you know, already inherently hmm. skewed and hmm. biased. But, um, but... The flip side of that, I'll just say, is that there, you know, there aren't that many opportunities. Well, I know things are changing. Let's talk about poetry being hot later as well, but because um, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yes. blowing my mind. Great, but, but but there's not that many outlets for poem, you know, to get heard or to get noticed or to get your work out true, there. True, true, true. And any yeah. little bit does help. Yes. And it may be that the fact that poetry is suddenly inexplicably winning some prizes that have only previously been limited to prose, which is a little different from what we're talking about yeah, with yeah. poetry competition. But mm. still, you know, it, it, these open doors don't necessarily hurt. Like Modpo will choose to, you know, explore one poet and not another poet, and that poet gets hurt. Right. There, there are always filtering mechanisms. There are always filtering mechanisms, absolutely, yes. And the more um, there are the better, I think, in some ways. Like, the more opportunities there are to get the work out there, mm. the better it is for the poets. Does it feel to you like there are just so many people writing poetry right now? Not any more than usual. I mean, I've okay. always felt like there are a lot of people writing poetry. Right, right, okay. <laughs> but there are a lot of people writing books. You know, there's, there's mm. a lot of material. And yes, there is a part, you know, that little, that other, the, you know, the two voices in the head. And one voice in the head's like, why would you add to, to, the, to the, you know, the massive material that's coming out here? How could you possibly add to all of that? Why don't you just enjoy and sit back and read? Yeah. Because, you know, what, po what poetry needs, what all books need is more readers. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is my thing because Tom and I have had some very intense conversations about ChatGPT recently because essentially it will replace me in a matter of weeks. Oh, God, no. But, um... No, no. Oh, we actually in your job? Oh, yeah, for real. Oh, my God. Like, totally Do you real-life real. case study? Yeah, yeah. Can you write an article about that and put it in the monthly or something? No. I don't care. Okay. I want to become a grief counsellor anyway. Oh, so, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. But, but the thing that I said to Tom was like, yeah. ChatGPT Chat will not replace you as a grief counsellor. <laughs> no, exactly. Or maybe it will. Um, I but, don't think so. Yeah, well, one of the things that I was saying to Tom was like, um, yeah, it, it can and probably should replace me as like a bullshit, like white collar, moving words around, writing emails type of person. But 
Um, Meg's got a very, very skeptical look at her face. But with with poetry, right? It's like it, it will never replace poetry because poetry is about poets. Um, well, it might replace, you know, Kenneth Koch's poetry, or not Kenneth Koch, but um, you know, Kenny Goldsmith. Kenny sorry. Goldsmith. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kenny. Sorry, so we love you, Kenneth Koch. Kenny Goldsmith. Yeah. <laughs> we don't love you. <laughs> I'm not going to name and shame too many people, but I'm happy to name and shame <laughs> Kenny Goldsmith. Anyway, um, yeah, he's, no, he's, sure, he's sure, a sure. jerk. Come on, I'm going to say that. On, on Anyway. Um, You're I, the I'm only sure person that, to have said that. No, I'm not the only person. No, no, no. Chat, um, chat GPT will not replace anything other than... Poets like that, maybe. Yeah. Yes. But even then, you know... The even then, there's yeah. a, select, a selection process, isn't there? There's yeah. like a you know, coordination process. Yeah. But the point, the point being, sorry, is that <laughs> sorry, I got offline. I wasn't going to insult anyone on this. I take it back. No, I don't. John Ashbury sucks. Oh yes, that, that's true. No, I didn't say he sucks. He's magnificent. I just have, I struggle with him. Yeah, that's yeah. my limitation, not his. The point being that if ChatGPT does replace all poets and poetry, which seems totally impossible to me right now in the early months of 2023, that wouldn't matter because. We've still got to read all the other shit. We've got to read so much stuff. I bought like the collected done the other day. It's huge. Oh, I studied done at uni. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I was just listening he's to. He's so um... much better than than you'd expect him to be. Oh I think. my god, he's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, just he's, he's to... saucy. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, he's very, um, he's a very powerful guy. Yeah, but you know, I've got to read that. That will probably take me the rest of my life. That one book, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, maybe. What we have, what we've decided here is we're we're all going to stop writing. Wow. Oh, so what you're saying is that Chat GPT will never be a reader. No. Well, how can you though? I mean, seriously. I'm sorry. I know it's <laughs> AI, but how can you write? Oh, well, maybe it does read because it has to process, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's reading. Chunking. It's reading it's all the time. It's yeah. reading all the soup. Yeah. yeah, but not reading in the way that, like, if you write a poem, if I write a poem, right, the, the bickies for me, the bickies of it is, is that space, right, where, you know, we meet as if by chance, uh, right, with another reader. Yeah. And somebody comes up to me and goes, oh, my God, you know, I, I was so moved by this. Um, it made me think of my this. It made me think of my own grandparents or whatever, you know. Uh, I'm... Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's, it's because it's, it's you. Joy. It's, it's the poem, and it's you, yeah. the writer, and you, the reader, connecting through the poem. You yeah, know, like. that, that's why I do it. That's that's why I do it. Yeah, and and that's kind of the you know, that's the crack. You know, that's the stuff that keeps drawing me back to go like, oh God, I, you know, I, I want to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, never mind the prize. You know, that's that's icing. Yeah. And and anyway, it's it's money that I willingly throw out and say it's gone. Mm. Mm. that's not really it's only a prompt really but to have somebody come up to you and go god you know god what you just did you know and I'm like, yeah it's okay. the best it's the best feeling in the world yeah, yeah it really is it's amazing it's amazing and you feel like it's this it's everything because it is that connective tissue mm. it's you know it's what what we need it's what we're here for is to make these links these connective tissues with one another Mm. But I know that you have said in the past, and I almost raised this as a point we're talking about today, so here we go. Um, something about poetry doing, you know, not 
Is it? I'm going to misrepresent this. But something Which to do one? with the larrikin oh, voice yeah, the, versus, yeah. you know, poetry that is. Yeah, yeah. This, this, Serious? This line of thinking is not getting me very far, Mickey, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, yeah. No, I'm trying to, like, think about this um, unwillingness to take ourselves seriously. You probably have a better perspective on this than I do because you um, were not, not born and raised here. And you probably read like quite a bit more American poetry than I do. And like you, but you read a lot of Australian poetry I too. Do, yeah, so yeah. like, set me straight. Like, what, what am I trying to say and what's going on? <laughs> what's actually going on? Well, you know, the older I get, <laughs> the less comfortable I get with these, you know, these criteria, these boxes, these binaries, yeah, these lines. Yeah, it's and not so smart. Yeah. It's not that it's not smart. I, I think it does help in some ways to categorize things. Mm. It helps us pick and choose. You know, it's a very noisy world. Mm. And it does help to be able to go, you know, I'm drawn towards this or that. And, and for somebody to go, oh, well, if you're drawn towards this, you'll like that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, those are helpful in some ways. Mm. But I also think they don't really, they don't really describe the rich complexity that poetry can reach. For sure, for so, sure. So just because, you know, let's take Michael Farrell. <laughs> you know, just because Michael is the kind of quintessential larrikin poet, right? And, and his poetry is hysterically funny, you know, at, at the best of times. It's Absolutely. just so funny. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and witty and, you know, trickster and all the labels that, you know, yeah. that he's like, gotten. Like yes. dev devastatingly witty. Yeah, like, but that doesn't yeah. mean that it, it's not also you know, at times, with a lot of work sometimes, but, you know, at times deeply profound. Mm. And, and you know, where I might not even be able to, it's so profound, you know, it's, it's reaching me in a level that only music can reach me or, you know, some other inarticulate mm. way of creating meaning. And, mm. you know, that's what Gertrude Stein does as well. There's a, it's a non-semantic way of creating meaning and touching and connecting. And that in itself is, you know, has a, a really, prof it's profound, you know, and, and I don't think we should be afraid of that profundity. Totally. No, yeah, you've absolutely nailed it with that. Um, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, the, the levity, the larrikin, the humour, mm. it's, it's an element of Australian poetry that, that I'm, Australian poetry that I'm particularly proud of. I feel like it's very great that we can do that and be profound yes. at the same time. And we don't have to be self-serious. We also get to have the the um, the wit yes. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you know, of course, it's not it's not just us. It's just that we do it in this particular way. Yeah, they can be all of these things, and I think that's mm. the joy of poetry. And yes, I think Australian poets really are able to do this well. I think so. I'm. I'm going to stand behind it. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that the poem can't be serious or profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we solved it. Or that they can't do these magical things with readers. Yeah. Where they, you know, call it what you will, you know. Um, just break open your world a little bit. That's great. Was there anything else that we wanted to get to that we didn't go towards I've kept you for an hour now oh it's been an hour yeah feels like 10 minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> no and I can't think of anything else other than to say that you know um there's a lot of good work out there there's a lot of good work out there yeah, yeah. and it never fails to to surprise me actually 
um, just how much good stuff is continually being released and how original mm. it still is. How novel, how exciting. I think I might just quit my job and read the books I have. <laughs> Maggie Ball. Isn't she great? One of the other podcasts that I listen to is that show Sentimental Garbage. I don't listen to it all the time because, um, well, like every podcast, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's a better week than others. But that show, when it's good, it's just exactly what I wish I could do. I mean, there's, there's so many things I wish I could do with this show, but one of them is to just have like a dedicated co-host and just like full-on gossip <laughs> about what it is to to try to be a poet in Australia at the moment. Um, yeah, and so I feel like talking to Maggie, we, we kind of approach that sort of sentimental garbage type of vibe. Um, I don't know who my co-host is. I, I think she's out there somewhere. I'll find her one day. I can imagine we would both detonate whatever semblance of a career that we had um, within possibly three episodes. I really, I feel bad about leaving in the stuff about ChatGPT because I know that it's really, really stressful to think and talk about. I do just want to add like what I said there about our poetry is about people. Like what I mean by that is the only reason poetry matters to me is that it's written by human beings um and I think that that is true of uh pretty much all literature that's my take on that um yeah let's not let's not get into it huh let's just let's just leave that one let's just leave that one to the side it was good too to unpack that stuff about humor and levity and um, profundity. If you trust my opinion at all, and you may not trust my opinion on poetry, that's completely fine. But look, I think I have pretty solid takes on movies. And the other night I went up to Thornbury Picture House with a friend of mine and we watched this film. It's just come out. It's an Australian film. I never watch Australian films. I'm really bad, but I saw this movie called Of An Age. It is the most perfect film I have seen in like a decade. The only thing that comes anywhere close for me would be the adaptation of Acute Misfortune. But, oh my God, like if you want, and you know, this is all I ever want, just a beautifully paced, beautifully acted, quiet, gentle film that's all about queer longing, you, you just you have to see it like I know that you're going to think oh I'm a bit busy and there's all these other great films out right now just just go and see this movie that's all I'm going to say you will float out of the cinema yeah.